Are you guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I am the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures, he's back, the hunter and the huntee. I am the prey, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us on these ongoing adventures is uh, our very own modern-day bootlegger. Ooh, that's right. (laughs) How many... How many crates y'all need? (laughs) And how many pennies will it cost? (laughs) What have you got? (laughs) So how are you guys doing? You guys sound like you're in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been been a good week. You know what? I took the fucking day off today. Oh, no wonder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I took the fucking day off. I did not have to fucking sweat my ass off and fucking, like, be miserable, like, all day. No, it was actually a wonderful day. It's been awesome. Awesome. Um, here, uh, Laura is getting close to Galveston. We're we're safe from from the hurricane, but uh, we're feeling the we're getting kind of the no pun intended blowback from it. So it was it's been raining pretty hard today. It actually just died right now, but um, the winds are supposed to pick up. Nothing crazy. We're not going to get like eighty mile per hour winds or anything like that. But I like all those the... idiots in Houston or Port <laughs> Arthur, <laughs> we are getting the evacuees. They're they're coming through here. <laughs> Also, nah, that, that shit kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, okay. on the bright side, um, A and M started classes, so we've had an additional sixty thousand people enter our little our little town. So, um, I can't believe that I'm even saying this. It's, it's so surprising that the positive cases have gone up. Can you believe that? Are college you kids, kids? <laughs> yeah. college, college kids, kids are congregating, <laughs> giving each other diseases. That's it's never the strangest before. thing. Strange but true. Um. So, uh, you know, like, we got a good amount of news this week, uh, most of it related to the DC Universe, actually. So, uh, this week was DC, was it Fandome or Fandom? Because they had that E on the end and it confused I me. I thought it was Fandom. I thought it was Fandom, too. I thought it was that... Fandom also, but they had the E, so, and it wasn't in, I mean, maybe, I figured because it was virtual and everyone was quarantined, it was like a Fandom. Oh. I, I don't know. But I didn't hear anybody call it fandom, so maybe no. that's just I don't, I don't know. Well, anyway, DC that would fan. Be something DC would do though. Yeah. <laughs> Crisis in, in fandom. Fandom <laughs> was this weekend, uh, and they actually dropped a lot of trailers. Um, one of them, and the one that I forgot about actually was uh, Suicide Squad. So uh, the the only thing that I got out of it, to be honest with you, was lots of characters. That's all. Like, there's like 14 characters. All I know is Idris Elba plays a person named Bloodsport, and I'm in. Awesome. I'm fucking in. Sign me up. I think you know it's it's gonna be from James Gunn. Um, From what I got from the trailer, it's he's trying to do what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Give me all the B list like Polka Dot Man or King Shark. Okay, um, so who is Polka Dot Man? 
I don't know. Like he's <laughs> he's he's not even like like reverse flash type of villain. Like oh. he's like probably like kite man. Dude, he's I like... was hoping he was like he made everybody play Twister. <laughs> no, he's actually from Poland and he drinks a lot of beer. <laughs> Dude, I, already, I like him already. <laughs> he's actually polka D hot. <laughs> Dude, I like it. Prost. Oh. um so the big the big announcements were i'll start with the one that annoyed me first to just get it out of the way so um wonder woman on friday and this is the part the trailer fine it was cool whatever right um on friday they released a new trailer patty jenkins on her on her twitter she put up a trailer and it's very colorful it's pretty cool uh sticks with the 80s like motif that they've been doing with all their stuff um in the corner, and it's actually pretty small compared to the rest of the to the poster. It says, uh, "Only in theaters," to which I say, "Fuck you," because uh, <laughs> Gal Gadot a few months ago told us all to imagine a better world. Well, in my world, I don't want to be only in theaters. Like no. I want the opportunity to watch it at my home. Like I get it. Like it's really expensive, and you want to make your money back. Just hold off on the release then. That's what I think about your stupid movie. It was, <laughs> it was the first one's overrated anyway. So stick that in your pipe, also. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Pat's rant of uh, Wonder Woman. It uh, sounds like Patrick's been roped with a golden lasso. <laughs> <laughs> the lasso of truth. Uh, so that's some truth bombs for you. You know, I, you know, I, I really did like Wonder Woman. Even though I saw it twice, and I think the best scene out of that whole movie is No Man's Land. Uh, and everything else, I, you know, I wish DC. Mo- and I think we were talking about the this while texting. I wish DC had memorable movies like now. Like obviously, we could talk about like the Nolan movies. We could talk about the Schumacher, the Burden movies for peace. We could Superman yeah, we could talk four. about yeah, Superman four. We could talk about all that shit, but like modern contemporary dc movies they're they're very forgetful like i i could i could tell you at least things that happen in the marvel movies uh maybe get them mixed up with you know with what might have happened in another movie but at least i remember that so you're DC- talking you're talking about like the post christian bale that yeah you, okay yeah. okay all yeah. right yeah okay. starting the the snyder verse of superman and all that stuff it, it sounds is, dirty. Yeah, it, it does. does. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like it's one of the the besides. I think the Martha thing. I don't think there's been any memorable things like really that pops out. I think maybe like Ezra Miller coming out on the Flash TV show might be the best thing, but even then, I don't. You know, it's a TV. Is it just show. me, or is Ezra like Ezra Miller like a weirdo asshole, and I like don't like him anymore? I don't like. I I don't. I've never liked Ezra Miller to begin <laughs> with. I never did. I I could I could care less about him. Okay. But yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say anything else about him because that's how much. So I the care. point is that a Wonder Woman is forgettable. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> yes. 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 You're right. Yes. Overrated to begin with, and forgettable three years later. However, yeah, I I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, as for the trailer itself, like I mean. Sure, it looks it looks like a superhero trailer. It doesn't really stand out to me, to be honest with you. Um, what about you, Blake? I know you're a huge Wonder Woman fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, I don't think any of it really grabbed my attention more than the. Uh, I guess. Well, I watched the Suicide Squad thing. I'm down. Well, Wonder Woman doesn't like. I'm not going to go to the theaters for Wonder Woman. Like, that's not going to be a thing that happens. Um, I I really I don't know. <laughs> 
I, I don't. I, well, I've said it before. I, they, I knew that they were going to hold some of this stuff back for like specific theater release. But again, I mean, we're not at a point where I think any of us are fucking caring too much about any of that kind of stuff. Like, you know. So I, my theory is that they're going to release Wonder Woman. They're going to release all this stuff in theaters for like a couple weeks. They're going to give it its push, and then they're going to drop it on on the on the streaming services. And then you're gonna get the twenty-five dollar, you know, like kind of thing. So yeah. I think I think that's what's gonna happen. That would be the wise thing to do. Um, the the final trailer that we got was a Nirvana infused uh, the Batman. Oh trailer. yeah, the Batman. The Batman. So would this be the movie? That's uh, not gonna be coming out uh, in the next few weeks or even this year. But is this the movie that would have you going back to the theaters? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, like. I'm at the point right now because it's been so long and things are so iffy and things are going up and down all the time that uh, it would have to be an amazing, amazing movie. For I'll me tell you the movie. Theaters. I'll tell you the movie. I'll tell you the movie. Dune. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go see Dune. See, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll put on a fucking hazmat suit and I will go see Dune if that's what it takes. I've been I've been really eager for Dune. If I go see a movie in a theater, it's probably going to be during the week at like 10 in the morning when no one's there at all. Like there's just I'm not going in the weekend. I'm definitely not going. No. Yeah. It's it's all going to be very strategic. Yeah. 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 So I'll be high on spice. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if I am, I think there will be definitely a movie before that gets me to see go to the movie, like into the theaters. I don't Uh, think it's Trolls 2. Trolls 3. So. Uh, but you, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's the Batman. I re- now, now that I saw the trailer, uh, for the Batman, I really think it's very punk. It reminds me a lot like Paul Pope stuff and uh, it kind of got me excited, but I don't think I'm excited to go like, go run away, like run into the theaters to see it. Uh, cause I think there's other movies that do do a better job of this. I, I, I honestly liked how everything looked. You know, I felt like, oh, this is how kind of like the Joker kind of did it too, where it was trying to do, try to set a tone for itself, and it Joker did something something good with that in the trailer. But I feel Batman being more punk rock and all red and maybe gloomier. It did remind me also of the Batman Arkham games. I was like, ooh, why does Robert Pattinson remind me of Bruce Wayne in in um in those games? And I don't know, like I don't I don't see. This movie will be fun, but I don't think I will go go see it right away. Yeah, it, it will be fun, and you know, uh, normal circumstances, I would definitely be, you know, I'd be getting the tickets now if I could. But just like right now, just it ain't happening. And I, I don't think Dune's the one for me. I don't, I don't know what. I maybe, I mean, they were chugging along with some great casting and amazing photos from the set and. Then you know the shit hit the fan. So maybe if they kept going along at that at that pace, I that probably that might have been the one. But we haven't seen anything, and for I mean, obvious reasons, we haven't seen anything in a while from that movie. But that's another one that you know I'm really looking forward to. But I don't know if that's the theater one for me. I'm I don't know what the theater movie will be for me. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not the New Mutants. That's something we've oh. uh, talked about for years and years and years. Like. How much we've wanted to see it and we'll see it streaming and then it gets, you know, then all of a sudden it's not in production and Disney, but all kinds of stuff. And then finally, 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 for sure, without a doubt, it's hitting theaters right during the, I guess not the the, the second or third peak of COVID. <laughs> New, New Mutants is 
without a doubt go into theater so how do you i know none of us are going but how do you guys feel about this how disappointing is this i'm very disappointed i'm very disappointed because it looks like a great horror film uh which is written by two guys that did a a teen movie before that so i was i want to see how well they execute it i don't know i'm i'm a huge fan of the new mutants and i'm just super disappointed it's not like you know it's not available for vod and you only have to see in theaters and i'm like i don't want to risk that like there's no risk to see the new mutants yeah yeah no this is a thing that i guess it's been touted as like the first of the dc horror kind of properties marvel uh marvel whatever but like the horror properties right Mm -hmm. so like i was into it into the idea and uh yeah i'm not gonna see it (laughs) i'm not gonna see it anytime (laughs) soon but like this strikes me as i was saying earlier this strikes me as like a movie that they're gonna put out it's not gonna fucking make any money i'm sorry like i think this is gonna flop and they're gonna have to immediately put it on the streaming services which they quote unquote didn't want to do and then they're gonna make a fucking ton of money on it because (laughs) that's what that's how all this shit's gonna go um but yeah this is such a lackluster debut for something that you know a couple years ago literally a couple years ago we were all pretty excited about so yeah yeah everyone i think just for curiosity's sake like there's so many people who who want to see this movie um i i I love the new moons magic is one of my favorite characters uh anna taylor joy the witch tom i mean thomas and i she's a good actress she's really good actually and uh, really great Maisie williams yeah, it has, yeah. and it has those. It has. It looks like the trailer. I, at first, I thought it was a horror movie. I was like, "Wow, this horror movie is ripping off the New Mutants." <laughs> and yeah. Turns out it is the New Mutants, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this looks amazing!" I can't believe they're taking this. They're going this direction with this property. Um, it looks great, and uh, I will get around to seeing it. I'm. I agree with Blake. They'll probably drop it in October. I would imagine that's yeah, probably totally, the yeah, time totally. for it. Like it's, uh... oh, dude. I can't. How I can't. It's not. This is totally off topic, but like I can't wait for like all the spooky shit. <laughs> it's about to. Oh be. man, it's around it's the about, corner, dude. Yeah. It is literally like a couple weeks away. Oh, it's actually literally a couple days away because Shutter's oh. doing there. Oh, that's days right, off. sixty-one days. Oh, dude, I'm there. Let's go. Yeah, if you think thirty-one isn't enough, they're doing sixty. No, yeah, Let's see, if you don't think thirty is enough, they're doing sixty-one or whatever. And man, they got some good stuff coming too. So, uh, Danny, you had a really interesting topic for this week. So, what you need to know, which everyone, well, shoot, I don't think we even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you had a good topic. We're we're trying to figure something out here. Yeah. So. Does Hollywood have any unique voices left? And that means directors, screenwriters. Uh, is there anything still worth seeing in Hollywood? I mean, most of the directors now or big action films are made for China, you know, for to make for so they could make their money. Uh, as we we're talking about, like with you know Wonder Woman and all that stuff, it's really made for that audience, and we're just going to eat it up everything after all that. But now. With horror aside, because you know we love that horror, because a lot of the voices do come from that. Are we? Do we still have any unique voices left, like to, that are presenting unique ideas? Because I could think of like maybe like three or four, I think, that have presented new films. Okay, or, so I want you to enlighten me because mm-hmm. I have a couple guys that I would like to mention, but in in thinking about this. Um, it's they don't. It's not necessarily unique and new, but it's like a fresh take on some on some stuff. But okay. so 
like go i would like to hear what you who you were thinking of first well i i i thought of a uh, paul thomas anderson was one of them and then uh, i know he's not new but he's still very unique like obviously we had phantom thread a couple of years back and he's he's you know he's a master of his craft and i think how i fell in love with him was through <laughs> adam sandler's uh punch drunk love and that's how I got into his films. I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> <not> a very good. <laughs> uh, but that's how I that's how I got through it. Like, I mean, I never really saw like uh, Boogie Nights or Magnolia. Like, I've never seen those movies. I love I've Boogie seen... Nights, and I love There Will Be Blood. Like, yeah, uh, Will Be Blood is amazing. Boogie Nights. Um, I mean, sure. shit. That Sister it. Christian scene alone is yeah. <laughs> just that that you know, yeah. ten minutes or whatever is amazing. Yeah. Um, he got Nina Hartley to play a believable porn star. Can you believe it? <laughs> and then, which is crazy. Yeah. It, uh, um, Magnolia is not bad, actually. I, I know people. The ending is what people remember the most about it, but I, I think it's a good movie. I mean, hell, oh, Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I think I believe Tom Cruise is nominated for an Oscar for it. If he wasn't. Uh, I don't think I don't know if he should have won it, but I I, I don't see why he shouldn't have been nominated for it because it's a pretty good performance from him. Yeah, Magnolia is a good one. Um, you know, I know you specifically mentioned horror, and I know you specifically mm-hmm. mentioned Hollywood, but yeah. um, I think new voices you would um, I don't know. Well, you definitely can step outside of horror, but I think the new voices that you're gonna find, and this is just because I've been in a genre space like a lot this year, but it's gonna come from genre like. Yeah. horror and exploitation and or what what amounts for exploitation now and um it might not necessarily come out of hollywood i don't think because there's a lot of foreign films and there's people that are making movies all over the place now in like indiana and well new york's always been a popular spot like but there's places people making movies in you know little cornfields in nebraska that are pretty good they're that are really good actually that are unique takes on um on uh, uh, filmmaking. Um, I saw a movie called Bleed With Me. This is a really, really, really excellent movie. I think one of the new, well, it's not a new thing in horror, but it's become increasingly popular, it seems like, is uh, the slow burn. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's in that vein. It's a slow burn horror about um, a girl who's, um, well, she has some issues, and her, her friend and her boyfriend are going to have they're supposed to have a romantic getaway in the cabin in the woods type of thing so already you know something's up if it's a, if there's a cabin in the woods and uh they invite the the single girl along so she's a third wheel and it's a very awkward situation but it builds um what's really easy to build in these in the genre space is tension and if you do it right i mean mood and atmosphere and I think these these newer directors are trying different things, and they're willing to take more risks. And we're seeing um, some really we're seeing really cool things being done in horror. I, I think the reason it comes out of horror so much is because it's kind of a, a wild west. You can do whatever, really. And horror fans are very forgiving. Yeah, and they and they are. And but I, I feel like we we've talked about Eggers. We talked about uh, shoot, what's his name? Ah, oh, now like uh, Harry Esther. Yes, thank you. Like. Even like Del Toro, like they all make they make very solid horror films. Uh, but I feel like in, in, in like we had the host that just came out a couple of weeks ago, which was made during COVID, and I think that's something that's amazing. And I think that's one of the things that I started thinking about. Like, well, we've had COVID, and we had these kids that took essentially like twelve weeks to make a movie, and you know they're getting rave reviews, you know, and it's you know 
made out of like no budget whatsoever. But I, I feel also like, I, I guess because I'm seeing this in a way where I guess we celebrate the top notches. Like, you know, at one point we had Spielberg and he lost his footing in a way. You know, Scorsese, even though he has a very solid like lineup in the early what, 90s, maybe he lost his footing throughout this time. Uh, you know, Cohen, the Coen Bros haven't really lost it, like lost lost their touch as much. I wanted, like you know, even that Netflix movie that I didn't get to finish. You know, it was still very Cohen and Cohen Brothers in a way. I, I guess that, that's a thing. Like, well, here's the thing. I think we've lost sight of, <laughs> of where we should be here. Yeah. Like, we're talking about new voices, like yeah. not fucking old, stupid, fucking ice cream eating Martin Scorsese. Sorry. Yeah. Like, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about three. <laughs> Really quickly, yes. I'm gonna talk about three uh, new filmmakers who I think um, I think they're they're kind of the heart of what you're talking about here, Danny. Okay. And the the first one, um, which uh, we'll start off strong, <laughs> is uh, I think we we'll, we will all agree here that the the Vast of Night director Andrew Patterson, uh, and oh. he also he also wrote it. I, I I think like when you're talking about new voices, well, did and so I think this is gonna be a theme on everything uh, I, I say in the next few minutes, mm-hmm. but. Did Andrew Patterson make a, a a film that was completely unique and new? And did he did he have a fresh idea that was uniquely his own? No, no. no he took a bunch of he took a bunch of old tropes that that we that are familiar and we know and love, and he did it expertly, right? Yeah. So, and did what he do? Did what he make was was it like groundbreaking and new? No, mm-hmm. but is he a voice that I'm definitely interested in for the future as to what he can do? Definitely. So right. that's. That's number one. So I would say that guy himself. And then I don't know. There's a movie that's on. Uh, and uh, shout out to our buddy Kevin, who has been on the podcast. He recommended this movie uh, to me. Uh, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's called Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like one of the best movies I've seen this year. Yeah. So Andy Samberg and Kristen uh, Milioti, who's like steals. The the, yeah. And steals the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's incredible in it. This is a. This is again. This, is this groundbreaking material? No, it's kind of a Groundhog Groundhog Day. Bill Murray's Groundhog Day kind of story. It's got a right. fresh. It's got a fresh take on it, and it's definitely unique. And it takes a guy who I'm not like crazy about, Andy Samberg, and it. I fucking loved him in it. Um, I loved. I I loved everybody in it. I thought the directing was awesome. I thought the story was awesome. I thought it was super well paced and shot, and everything about it was really great. And this guy's right. name is Max Barbacow. Um, the writer was Andy Ciara, but I, again, this was a movie that I, when I watched it, I, I, I laughed out loud. I enjoyed my time. Um, and I thought to myself like, boy, I, and I did at the time I thought to myself, why I really can't wait to see what this guy does next because he really hasn't done anything else. So, and then, so my last, um, and again, a thing that I know Patrick and I have seen Danny, you please watch this as soon as possible. Uh, La Llorona that's on uh shutter. It's a Guatemalan filmmaker, and I think it's Jairo Bustamante. This movie is like again, it's La Llorona's story. <laughs> again, we're not we're not breaking new ground here, guys, but we're doing it in a fun way and they're in a, in a unique way. And I thought he he took a story, turned it on turned it on its head, and uh, did a great job. Uh, the direction and it was awesome. The acting and it was awesome. Uh, these are these are what I'm looking for when you're talking about new voices. These are the guys. These are the filmmakers stand out to me right. right now and i hope we can get more of this stuff um boy i it, every time <laughs> every time you think that it's like oh who's going to be the next michael jordan or you know that kind of thing 
here comes a bunch of people. You know, I, it's I've right. never I've never I've never ceased to be amazed by the amount of talent that, that that's out there making films. This is true, and a lot of them. Well, you, all, all the ones that you mentioned, they kind of built off of uh, of directors from the past. So, um, truly, one of the ones that we've talked about is uh, One Cut of the Dead and uh, Shinichiro Shinichiro Ueda. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he is basically it seems like it seems like based on One Cut of the Dead and Special Actors, his follow up movie. Uh, he's kind of going to be like an M Night uh, Shyamalan type type of thing. Like, it's, so it's nothing new. But he's very – he plays with audience expectations. He does a really good job of it. It's very unique. Um, heartwarming, I think, is how you described it, Blake. Um, yep. Very heartwarming. Uh, and the same thing in, in, with uh, special actors. He brings a character and a de- – he brings depth to character that I don't think previous filmmakers who relied on twist would, would do. He's actually built characters and stories instead of just like, okay, here's what's going on. Here's – a mood and now there's a twist so that mood i created it's not what you expected right which you know you're when you're like we've talked about if you're relying on a twist you're exposing your story whereas in his case he knows that the story is going to be exposed so he just has really strong characters and i'm i'm definitely looking forward to anything he does in the future and again yeah yeah and again genre space yeah yeah well honestly that it's such a great place to do this kind of stuff to 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 show you show your muscles and show your strength is is in the genre you know it, it's it's such a it's a it's such a breeding ground <laughs> for, yeah, and, for, and you guys are you're, you guys and you guys are completely right where how it is a breeding ground to for for the next step you know yeah. um I, I guess when i heard of alfonso Cuaron like back in the early 90s he did a children's movie which was like uh the little princess and then you know his name just started like kind of like evolving from there. Obviously, he did one of the better Harry Potters, and then you know he's an Oscar winner. But I feel like somebody that does a really good uh, job with uh, with setting the tone and story. Uh, I and I'm I'm sorry, but I can't pronounce his name. Yorgos. Yor, uh, uh, he oh, did for the the favorite and the lobster. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the sacred uh, the killing of the sacred deer. I yeah. really like that. Like these are. Obviously, with a favorite, it's like it, it, it's satirical c- comedy in a way that just carries on. And uh, the uh, sacred uh, killing of a sacred deer is a kind of like a like a very somber revenge film in a way. And he just sets you up for this like for this like this fun ride. I think Blake earlier said very chill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like uh, I feel like those like especially killing of a sacred deer. It's tense, but I was still very chilled. Like throughout this whole this whole experience, uh, and I think you nailed it pretty much, Blake. I think what I was trying to look for, uh, even though I, my examples started with older generation older generation voices, yeah. but I, I feel like with the movies that you provided, even with the movies that Pla- uh, Plaque <laughs> Pat uh, provided, <laughs> that's, that, that's our combined biome. <laughs> Plake, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like th- those are really cool, and definitely for like for the audience that's listening to us, this is movies that you might have not really heard. Like obviously, what we do with the YouTube show, that's us giving a spotlight to people that don't really get a spotlight in Hollywood. Yeah, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless. Hey, real quick, real quick. You know who I want to see more from, and I because I fucking love the first go round was. Uh, uh, Kerry uh, Fukunaga, the guy who did uh, 
uh, True Detective season one. Oh, like, yes, I've been yes. like super eager to like have more of his like stuff out. I know he's done a few things, but um, I know he was supposed to do it, and it, that fell through. Like, I, I I want more of his stuff. Like, he was a guy that I was super excited about. So yeah, yeah I hope we get something. And then there's yeah. a, a guy named uh, Quinn Armstrong. He's done two movies, um, Survival Skills, which it's uh, like a VHS, one of those movies where you think it's going to be a comedy that messes with VHS and kind of plays off that nostalgia where the tracking is off and uh, it's going to be all jokey, but it actually deals with a very serious topic with domestic abuse and how victims are willing to cover it up despite it affecting their even their children. Um, the other movie he did was the the short for that survival skills is based on so and that was two years ago so he's um i'd like to see what he does next and again that goes back to what blake had first brought up that it's taking an old familiar uh premise that we know and love and then introducing it well not introducing reintroducing it in a way that makes you think like it totally catches you off guard but it's also like wow there's a lot more to this genre than just belly laughs or whatever the case may be oh um i'm sorry go ahead no, I was just gonna say if we we have somebody that we're still looking forward to, I definitely say uh, the uh, Ryan Coogler from Creed and Black Panther. Uh, I really like what he did with like he's obviously built on franchises, um, but he made it his own spins, especially making where he started with more indie films. And I just want him to give us more Michael B. Jordan. That's all. <laughs> I'd like to see what that young man Clint Eastwood's up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, have you seen the mule? I, I just need to no, see I need to see that shit. Yeah, I gotta so get good. To that. So, so good. speaking of Clint, he kind of falls into this category of uh, all this month we've been talking about um, good directors that have uh, done some films that are a little bit questionable. So it's kind of clean. We're gonna clean it up this week with some of the stuff that we've uh, forgotten about, missed, meant meant to talk about earlier but never got around to. So um, I think one of the things that um, we missed was um anime i mean uh miyazaki is the really really easy one he's one of those examples of at least i'm missing one uh that's an example of a director who i don't think has done anything bad unless i'm mistaken uh no i don't think he has i think it's more like at least in my case it's like oh i'm gonna have to like put that in the back burner so i could really get into it like you know (laughs) Put on some Barry White, put on some candles, <laughs> and just like go at it. Get out uh, the oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's. I think he's like from the stuff that he's made from Studio Ghibli. Uh, I do think he's. I don't think he's made anything that's been like. Well, I know people bad. aren't. I know people aren't the biggest fans of Porco Rosso. Like I, I really like Porco Rosso a lot, but uh, I know that one's not the most popular one. Also, um, Satoshi Kon. Perfect Blue, Paprika, Paranoid Agent, mm-hmm. uh, Millennial Princess, all that stuff. Like, that guy, I don't think he ever did a bad movie. And I can guarantee you he'll never do another one. He died. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I, I, also, I don't think, like, he has... We And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, months ago, years ago. I don't even know. But I don't think that many people have seen his stuff. Uh, no, unless you've seen Black Swan, then you've seen a good amount of Perfect Blue. But yeah, the rest of his stuff, not so much. Yeah. Well, Tokyo Godfathers is a remake of um, Three Godfathers, which is a Western, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, what about you, Blake? Is there any documentaries? Earl Morris. We never 
ever cover documentaries either. The ones I, that I so thought... like, are we talking about like stuff that like people that like good directors, or are we just talking about like bad anything? Shit more? Yeah, we're go, we're gonna run the gamut here. All of it. So I would say like, oh man, because we talked. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or after the podcast, but we were talking about David Fincher. I feel like he's like he's like one of those people like people like oh he can do no wrong. Well, can I point you to a movie called Alien Three? <laughs> Have you seen the director's cut, though? (laughs) (laughs) Is it four hours long, broken into four pieces? No. This fucking movie, and I know, like, so, I'm sorry, David, I know you're listening. I know that that you have divorced yourself from this film, but you fucking made it. You directed it. You did it. You made it. And it's trash. Like, that fucking movie's no good. Um, I don't know. Like that one stood out to me. Uh, a, a guy that like getting back to the genre horror genre for me is, uh, um, and we've, we've talked glowingly about him in the past is George Romero. George Romero has done like, and maybe I have talked about him. I don't remember like, but he like in his later years, like it, those aren't, those aren't good movies. There's... He gets a pass for, yeah, you're right. And I, I don't mean I give him a pass, but you're right. Like, like he does get a pass, right? Yeah. People give him yeah. a pass. Like the, there's the one, uh, I don't know if it's Diary of the Dead or it's something of the dead. But it's Survival like a of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Like he, and yeah, it's objectively not a good movie, but people are willing to, and I guess for good reason, but you got to call a spade a spade sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Sometimes that shit don't work. I picked up a George Romero comic book uh, from Marvel called Empire of the Dead. And my God, that had to be one of the I stopped at, I think, two issues. And yeah. it was just it was very, very bad. But, you know, that that's pros compared to movies. And I feel like, yeah, he gets a pass. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a lot of directors that do get passes like, oh, yeah, this is just. Uh, well, that actually is one of the. Qu- so who doesn't get called out enough? And uh, like, Blake, you kind of you mentioned Fincher and we're talking Romero. I don't think J.J. Abrams is called out a lot. People joke about the lens flare yeah. thing, but no one straight out says, like, you know what? He's really not that good of a director. Dude, what's the fucking one with the kids? It's a terrible Super movie. Eight? Super, Super 8 sucks. Super 8 fucking Clover- trash. I think Cloverfield is really bad. M. Night Shyamalan, bro. <laughs> that's, someone, <laughs> speaking, that's someone we haven't really meant. I mean, we've. it's funny. We've talked about him a lot, but I don't think we've directly met. He's an Oscar winner. Yeah. Or at least he yeah. was associated. And I think about it, he's gotten... It's the case that I, I think that Blake had mentioned is when you get your 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 best shit out there first, and you have nowhere to go but down. I'm thinking about it like the Sixth Sense. Aside from the twist, I don't remember anything about that movie. <laughs> oh, so shit. Bruce Willis has hair. <laughs> uh, Haley Joel Osment has been coming out in a Haley lot of Haley Joel Osment's lately. thin. Yeah, he's thin. He's a baby boy. Yeah, he's he's beardless and. Everything I've seen him in since he's a complete asshole. He's actually really funny, so it's kind of sad. Oh, yeah. No, he's hilarious. Yeah, no, I like Haley Jaws, but yeah, he's cool. He this uh, director just won an Oscar for like Parasite. Uh, Bong Yoon Ho. I yeah. I don't I don't like Okja. Like I don't think how I I already saw Free Willy. I don't think this movie <laughs> needs to exist. <laughs> I th- like he did. It's like this is this movie is like sandwiched in between like two yeah. great films, and people are like, are like, well, he doesn't. He's made great movies. I'm like, have you forgotten about Okja? Like, <laughs> let me remind you, <laughs> this is out there. And yes, yeah. I took a day off so I could see it on Netflix. Wow! And I'm, I was I'm glad you like you were like, who's at the top of the hill? I'm gonna set my sights <laughs> on that motherfucker. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's really that's uh that goes. I, I don't. I, I yeah, it's not the best of his, but I mean, memories of murder and uh <laughs> and what's called um Antarctic Journal and then of course Parasite and and Snowpiercer <laughs> are the two big ones. Those are really good movies. Yeah. So I would say that he's one of those that are in the yeah, which okay, not so not so great, but. I would yeah. say he's probably in the gets a pass level, kind of like Romero. Um, who do you guys think gets called out too much? Ooh. Too much? Yeah. I mean, I, in my case, it was like a few weeks ago. I was like, yeah, you know, Michael Bay, easy target. Then you guys are like, well, Bad Boys, The Rock. And I was like, oh, those are kind of good movies. <laughs> well, I, I feel like he gets called out because it's nothing but explosions. And that's what drives the movies. And But that's what makes the movies as well. Um, y- you know, I think we ah, – shoot. He directed one of the Fast and the Furious. He directed the third. The, mm. No, not Michael Bay. I'm trying to think oh. of his name. Like Lynn something. He directed uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. Into... Lynn Swan? Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> no. Great receiver. Like... That would be quite a turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember his name. But like that guy, the... I think he doesn't get called enough. I know the question is who gets called a lot now. Yeah, that guy. Dude, I that got guy. one. I got one. I got one. Who's that guy? Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> Fucking yeah. sign me up for that dumb motherfucker <laughs> shit, dude. I will watch all of it, dude. It's all, it's all good to me. Like, are his movies good? No. Does he know they're bad? Yeah. Does he make them anyway? Fuck yeah, he does, dude. Sign me up, dude. And, and you know, it's kind of funny with directors. Like, you have to give credit to, and I, I assume this is why that there's so many good directors that have a good amount of bad movies is that, uh, their creativity and then their ego and then yeah people just start to let it go so you have francis ford coppola doing like the two godfather movies and then doing the black stallion or you know. <laughs> jack like give me a fucking yeah. break jack yeah and then it goes back to well, like danny man scorsese you have goodfellas and you goes kind of in the middle and then you have um the irish man which is just Ugh. ego and <laughs> running the departed, up yeah the departed stinks yeah, let's establish oh, yeah. that <laughs> Not a departed fan. <laughs> so, um, which which director do you think has had the worst turnaround? Like for me, it's uh, and I always pronounce his name wrong. Uh, Paul um, Horhaven, I think the guy who oh, did Paul Verhoeven, yes, yeah, who did Total Recall and um, what's it called uh, RoboCop, like super awesome, and then he did Hollow Man, which is like one of the worst movies. And Showgirls, like is that's that not Kevin bad. Bacon? Is that Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Yes. I okay. that's I I usually will sit through a movie like no matter what from begin. Hollow Man's the only movie I've ever walked out of in theaters. Like it was so bad, and I've seen it since, which was a mistake. But yeah. <laughs> but that's I mean when you've done RoboCop and then that's I mean that's not the immediate follow up, but that's one you're on your resume. I mean this dude did Basic Instinct. Yeah. Like that yeah, I think that's a really good turnaround. Yeah, good. Oh, turnaround to like you're saying from bad to good or good to bad. Either way, yeah, because uh, George, George, either George, way, George <laughs> we brought him up before, but George Lucas, like, he went from being like this fucking like oh like Spielberg esque considered director to being like yeah. oh yeah, he also wrote and directed like some of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like I would, yeah. <laughs> That's one of those like it's uh, it's so easy that you don't think about it. But you're right. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. <laughs> I what think it's a great pick. I was yeah. gonna, like I was gonna say like Roman Polanski, but that's just Roman easy. Polanski. That's like damn easy target. Cut. 
Yeah, especially for the feds, man. Like, yeah, that's why I was like, no. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I really do want to say like Steven Spielberg is something that yeah, some, some, somebody, somebody that has like a lot of like, he gets a lot of passes, but I think, I don't think the, he, I don't think it's the same anymore. When he shines, he does shine. And when he stinks, boy, he does he stink. And I, I really do think like, he he can't turn it around a lot of the times now at least for me um we were there for uh shit what's that name ready player one like Good old ready player one yeah you, you know like he t- tried to oh, do his best yeah. but That's it's terrible. a but it was a good adaptation of what a good adaptation of a shitty fucking yeah, exactly, exactly. I give him you know what that's one of his I would say that's one of his best jobs because not not that the movie is whatever but the book is like it's the dirt worst. Yeah, he, he, he made a bearable movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> dirty brown water trash. <laughs> Congratulations to Steve. He showed his 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 directing prowess with that piece of crap. He showed his true colors. <laughs> so what? Who do you guys think? Like, of I I don't want to say modern because my pick's going to not be very modern at all. But who do you guys think will be like the next quote unquote good director? put a shitty movie out there i'm gonna say it's uh and i had to look it up i'm not gonna lie but uh peter farley uh, he directed green book he directed the green book Fuck that guy. Uh, yeah but before that you know he didn't have the i think he's gonna put out one of those shallow howl type shallow howl, howl type movies again yeah like i that's what I, that's exactly what i'm expecting from peter farley like he can't run away from like even though i love dumb and dumber like he and he's missing the brother but like, I don't think he can run away from that. Like, that is on his credit. Like credits. Like, it's just, oh man, Peter Farley, fuck you. It's gonna be J.J. Abrams. He already is fucked up a little bit, and he's gonna get worse. You know what? He might have used up uh, what the little amount of talent that he had. He he might have already used it up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens to the greats because I mean, you like you guys mentioned. I mean, Spielberg now maybe he's not as good as he, but he was a great director at one point. Mm-hmm. George Lucas gave us Star Wars, so I yeah. mean, if it can happen to them, it can definitely happen to J.J. Abrams. THX eleven thirty two or whatever the fuck that movie was. THX eleven thirty eight as uh, as as artsy and definitely film school as it is, it's pretty creepy. It's a cool movie, man. It's yeah, cool. it's 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 out there. It's a pretty weird movie. Um, who do you guys think? And uh, we've kind of discussed this, and we have discussed this over the past few weeks. Who do you guys think is a lock for never making a bad movie? And we've—I know we've thrown around Quentin Tarantino, but is there anyone else out there who's still alive who will not? Make <laughs> Damn it! Ruined it. Okay, so I want to say uh, Matthew Vaughn. Like, I'm not sure if you guys have seen. Well, like he did a uh, uh, Layer Cake Stardust. He did a very fun kick-ass. He did the reboot for X-Men, Days of Future Past. He did those very fun uh, Kingsman movies. Like, I think he's, like, they're, that, all that shit is fun. Okay. All that shit is fun. Like, I, I now if you were saying, like, he's going to win the Oscars. No, this is not the guy. But I think right, that, right. he's going to be my next Michael Bay. Fuck, That's not a bad man. pick because the movies that you list, they all have something in common. And like you said, they might not be Oscar contenders or winners. But they are a good time. And, I mean, ultimately, that's what a director should be trying to do, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm going to say, because uh, I've only seen a couple of his movies, but he's only made a few. Uh, I, I think we brought him up earlier. Uh, Ari Aster. I, I have high hopes 
for Mr. Mr. Aster. Don't fuck it up, guy. Who you listen to? <laughs> Got a good thing going. I I like I like your weird horrific filmmaking. You know, he was the one that I, I he was the first name that I thought of because he's come out with two not just, you know, passable movies. He's come out with two very strong really, movies. Really good movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what will eventually happen is he'll get tired of being relegated to like, oh, he's that horror visionary. Yeah. So I think he'll step out of his wheelhouse. I don't think he'll ever make a horrible movie. I don't I I think he's too talented to do that. But um, I can see him get Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie. together. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. (laughs) Well, I think that's where the unique voices come into play. Yeah. like that's like what we're trying to look for and Ari Aster like he does have those two like strong movies and you do get like a strong cast like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt man that I think you could you have yourself an Oscar winner and it's something that will get noticed by Hollywood not just get left behind yeah because he's done great with like well not nobodies but like you know people of lesser be the B tier of Hollywood yeah he's done a phenomenal job with yeah this is true um because since he's a new director, he's not getting uh, – he wasn't. Who knows what the future holds for him. But it's not like he was working with A-list cast, so um, – which is not to denigrate the director. No, the Florence actors Pugh at all. did yeah. a fucking A-list performance. Yeah, um, another horror actress robbed at the Oscars. Totally, um, from her <laughs> fucking little women. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't horror is just like yeah, I don't know. No. I know this isn't a horror show, but horror is treated so unfairly. Um, yeah. I blame it on the eighties. Yeah, yeah. They, they totally made a joke <laughs> out of the genre, but it was a fun joke. God damn um, you, Wes Craven! <laughs> Should have stuck with porn. <laughs> there's another guy that gets like a pass, Wes Craven, as well. Does... Yeah, he made Music of the Heart. Fuck that movie. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> Did That's he really? Music of the Heart. Have you never seen that movie? I never heard of that movie. Okay, look up Music of the Heart. That is a Wes Craven directed. Uh, what is it? A comedy? No, it's like, like a, a no. It's like a drama about like a music school. Ooh, it has Meryl Streep, Cloris Leachman. <laughs> yep, Cloris That's... Leachman's all you need. Let's be real. I, I'm done. Okay, I'm there. You go. Okay. <laughs> I'm seeing this movie by Wes Craven. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, weird. I've, never, I've never heard of that movie. Uh, I, I, On our next look at, yeah, no kidding. I'll have to look at. Um, has has Christopher Nolan ever taken a misstep? He seems like he's always been very solid with his. And I know it depends on what you think of certain Batman. No, movies. I, I no, he. I, in my opinion, no, he hasn't. Like, I, I, I think you could say what you want about uh, uh, Interstellar. Probably would be the the one that you could pick on. But um, yeah, no. Overall, he's done a really really good job. I think the one that you could pick on is the Prestige as well, and I think that was the Prestige. Bite your tongue. I love that. I love that movie, but I don't think I've heard anybody like talk good about it because there's all that. Yeah, Dude, I think you need to. I don't, I don't know who you've been talking to. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about it. You know what? I would even say that it's having like a renaissance right now. Like, yeah, like the, the new movie that's coming out. Well, like yeah, people are checking it out, and like people are like having like you know thinking it's underrated. You know what? I think you're confused with The Illusionist, which came out around the same time, which yeah. very few people do have good things to say. <laughs> uh, another dude who we haven't talked about who's very polarizing, but whenever I think of Nolan, I think of him, is um, Darren Aronofsky. Ooh, yeah, that guy's hit or miss for me. 
He's directed some very, very strong movies, but uh, those same movies are hated by people, too. So Very divisive, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I can sit here and say that, uh, yeah, he's never directed a bad movie, and someone can tell me how he's never directed a good one. <laughs> <Goodness>. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good point. Um, and I would, and this is complete, like, just a personal thing. Like, I don't think David Lynch has ever done a bad movie. I, like, I, I don't care what people say. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> 84 Dune, I don't care, or whatever year that came out. That's not a bad movie. That's No, it's not a bad movie. Inland Empire, I don't know, bro. Inland what, you Empire, you know, like four-hour movies that are half in Polish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, sometimes I have a hard time with that. <laughs> I'm a fan, and it took me like two, two and a half seatings to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this, this is David Lynch, and I'm watching it. I'm like, uh, this is David Lynch, but I don't think I'm gonna watch this all in Boy, one. <laughs> this sure is David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> a little much, but um, the. I guess the the point of this month is there's a lot of great directors out there. There there is a lot of great directors. I mean, you don't need us. and there's a lot of stink, <laughs> and, and they're all the same. Like all yeah. those, all the, your favorite director is also the worst director that's out there. Um, we actually missed and uh, the uh, what's his face Zack Snyder who uh, he started off very strong and oh boy he's gone the James Cameron route. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. we literally made fun of him at least three times. Like, <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we talked about it oh, earlier God. in this episode. So, <laughs> by the way, we never covered the news. Uh, the Snyder Cut Justice League. Uh, four. That one shit hour. looks boring. <laughs> that shit looks boring. Let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> uh, so uh, every Saturday you can find us here. Um, the rest of the week you can go to AIPT. AIPTcomics.com, where you can find all our other podcasts. Uh, you can also catch up with all the reviews and leave your thoughts. Lots of Fantasia stuff out there. Also on YouTube, we have our um, Adventures in Movies looks at dot, dot, dot. This week, we are going to look at a very chill movie. Um, we also have the quick and dirty version, and we also have a Fantasia special right now on there. Regina is one of our movie contributors and a sometimes guest, did an interview with Ryan Kruger, who's the director of Friedberry, which is a movie about a heroin addict who gets invaded by an alien and craziness ensues. Check us out. Cool. And while you're checking us out, you can also follow us in the, follow us Adventures in Movies on Twitter over AIP, AIPT Movies, or you can follow us individually. Um, you can also find Nathaniel or Pat, as I like to call him, at Nathan Portes. And you can find me, Danny, on Twitter and Instagram at default underscore player. And you can find Blake, the postman, on, <laughs> on Twitter at Fried Horror. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to go with the Carl Malone reference. We're going to go with uh, Kevin. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah, we're on that one. <laughs> Which is just to say, I'm a controlling asshole behind the scenes, everybody. Um, so, uh, not true. Uh, next week, uh, live! We're going live. We'll do it live. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube. <laughs> It'll be a special edition involving one Bill and one Ted. It should be very entertaining. Please tune in for that. And uh, very excellent. And then you can uh, find this on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. 
you may be able to find this on Stitcher, but you can definitely go there. Uh, we are on the website, that's for sure. Um, just uh, wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating and uh, tell a friend to give us a shot. And that's our cue. We'll talk to you next week. Keep it sweaty. <laughs> Adios.